So this is Sarah Barnes-Humphrey from Let's Talk Supply Chain Podcast, and I'm here live at the SCMA conference with Tom from TerraCycle. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for uh, talking to me today. Awesome, awesome. So you're going to be doing a talk today, and I wanted to ask you some questions along the lines of what you're going to be talking about. So what is waste, and how is TerraCycle solving this issue? Gosh, that's a really good question. You know, so waste is something that we're willing to pay to get rid of. That's one way to think about it, because if it wasn't that, it would just be a material that has value, right? So waste is things that uh, we don't want so much, willing to pay to get rid of them. And uh, we end up getting rid of them in either uh, landfills or incinerators, or for an informal market, emerging market, maybe uh, litter. Um, and so I think the real question then is how do we solve that, right? Um, and you know, one traditional way to do that, uh, and that's where a lot of supply chain is focused, is the material value. Is the value of the waste big enough to have someone pick it up, ideally for free or even pay for it? But what I'll be chatting about here is, because that's the low-hanging fruit, is how do you do that where it, there's no way that the waste value will be enough to, pay, uh, uh, to fund someone to be able to pick it up and process it? And how do you tease out other parts of value uh, so that someone is willing to uh, have that not end up in a landfill or incinerator. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then how is TerraCycle helping to shape the new mindset and helping supply chain professionals to rethink supply chain to be more circular and have massive corporate change? So we try to do this in three ways. Uh, the first is, and this is the most immediate thing we can do, is try to make things that are not recyclable, recyclable, so that everything ends up uh, in some circular solution uh, and out of our landfills and out of our incinerators. That's the most immediate. And uh, then the second is, how do we start integrating waste back into our supply chain? Um, so that it's not just getting rid of it, but actually using it. Because to get rid of it, you need someone using it. And the more you create that circle, the better. And then the third approach, uh, which we'll be talking about here, and actually we'll be announcing our Canadian retail partner just next week on this, uh, oh, is, uh, thank you, is a, is a system called Loop, which is all about moving into reusable uh, formats. Very similar to, say, what Shep did in pallets, right. but imagine that expanded to a significantly wide range of consumer products and later the back-end supply chain as well. Um, and I think a big part of this is how do you use existing supply chains to do more than necessarily create brand new ones? Absolutely. And then, but why should companies care? Why should, you know, a lot of supply chain companies, we're traditional in our thinking, yep. we are starting to change, but sometimes they're like, why should we care? Even consumers sometimes, right? Yep. Like, why should we put that extra effort in and that kind of stuff? So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so there's two ways to think about this. And one is, um, uh, the most important thing to think about, you know, in this whole thing is how do we play into the mindset of the person who doesn't care? I'm going to explain in a minute why they should, but I'm not going to convince everyone to, right? So for the person who is going to be unconvinced, what we need to think about in supply chain and overall business model creation is how do we get that person to want to adopt platforms that are more circular without ever caring about the circular component of it, Interesting. right? That is okay. so important because the why should you care is, you know, whether you read the United Nations report or other, you know, feedback, we're in a tipping point in about 10 years from now right. where, and it is getting significantly worse, this idea of climate change, but also other issues like we're in a mass extinction right now, you know, where animals are dying off at a f pace never experienced before, uh, you know, whether it's the waste crisis, I mean, we're drinking microplastic in our water all the time, we are in an environmental, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, this is probably the worst moment in the planet from an environmental collapse point of view. And environmental collapse takes decades to occur, uh, so we don't notice it, right? But we're in the middle of this explosion right now, and that's why we need to care. Uh, 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 and you know, consumers are caring more and more. 
legislators are caring, you know, so bans are coming. I mean, we hear it now in the plastic bag on the, in the straw. But say in Europe, which is a leading indicator of this, European legislation will come to Canada at some point soon, um, they're banning much bigger uh, swaths of things like just the whole idea of disposable food packaging, uh, you know, is being uh, debated right now. So consumers care. And that's important because consumers drive the economic equation, but legislators are starting to care and laws will come. Um, but today we also need to think about ways to solve for the people who don't. Right. Absolutely. Now let's talk about your supply chain for yeah. a minute. Um, what is your biggest supply chain challenge? Because you're kind of doing it in reverse, right? You're taking waste from somebody else and bringing it into your facility. So what would you say is your biggest challenge? Gosh, it's a great question, and uh, it depends on if we're looking at reuse models or recycling models. So I'll give you an answer on both. And in recycling models, you know, we don't own any supply chain. It's all through third-party partners. And what we need to really figure out in our supply chain is, in, on a waste stream by waste stream basis, mind you, because every waste stream is like a different animal, is how is it collected, which means what device is it collected and how is it transported from that location to a DC, how is it then processed into something else, and how is it then sold to an end market. And we have to do that really on a waste stream by waste stream basis um, and try to be as nimble as possible. I think that's one of the key pieces for us is we need to be thinking about lots of small supply chains and the ability to change those supply chains quickly as new innovations roll out. In reuse models, uh, which are embedded into uh, retailers primarily, it's how do we embed as much as possible into their existing supply chain. A simple example with Loop, say, uh, with Tesco and Carrefour, who are our UK and French retail partners, is uh, they have their own fleets to be able to deliver goods. Okay. It's very important that those fleets are able to pick up the used packaging from the consumer on the way back, partly because they're backhauling empty anyway. Yeah. But Right. Well, it, but make sure that they enable that. It's one right. thing to say, isn't it nice that you have empty trucks going? Yeah. It's a totally different thing to have those empty trucks actually take something back. Yeah. And that's very important because reuse models don't behave well from an environmental standpoint if you just create a, number, uh, a whole new shipping logistic environment. You need to use existing models. Absolutely. Okay. So now I just want to talk about your inbound supply chain. You did yeah. just talk about it a little bit, but how do you main, maintain the consistency with so many moving parts? Because you just touched on that, yeah. right? You've got a lot of moving parts, yeah. you're working with a lot of partners, you've got individual companies that are doing this, you've got large corporations that have their own fleets yeah. doing this. How do you maintain mm. that consistency? It's a good question, you know, and so two ways. I think one is we don't ever try to do something, someone that, sorry, we don't ever try to do what someone already does. So we'll never own a truck, right. we'll never own a distribution center. By not having all that headache, it allows us to have more complexity in the model itself, right? Because the more you do, yourself, the less complex you can be, right? So complexity can increase dramatically if you outsource everything to 3PLs and third-party carriers and so on, and there's great ecosystems of those folks out there. So that's the first thing we do. The second thing is, while it may seem very complex on, you know, from the outside, like we're collecting hundreds of different waste streams, from cigarette butts to dirty diapers across 21 countries, um, we try to make it all behave the same the moment it touches the distribution center. Right, so yeah. from a DC point of view, uh, it actually looks identical, uh, but what you know, what it's dealing with on the outside may look very different to the consumer. Even something like the TerraCycle branded programs, which are all about recycling, and the Loop branded programs that are all about reuse, they may seem completely different in how they behave, but on the internal mode, they're actually very, very similar. So we can leverage the capabilities that we have. Yeah. So you wouldn't know it, but the engine, it's sort of like you know, a car may look different, many different varieties, but the engine may be the same in all of them. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Well, listen, I really appreciate you talking with me today yeah. at the SCMA conference, and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right.